Welcome back to the Cycling with Watts podcast. I am your host, Jared Watts, and I thank you so much for listening to episode number 11 of the Cycling with Watts podcast. This is dedicated to get you out on your bike more. Today is a little bit different of an episode. We're looking at the UCI World Championships. We're going to go through the men's team time trial, the women's team time trial, the men's and women's individual time trial along with the men's and women's road race coming up later on this week so a little bit uh, different usually we're here talking about pro news of course maintenance tips to help you keep that bike dialed in new tech that is coming out into the world of cycling and training tips but the world championships are awesome it is what dons those riders with those rainbow stripes peter sagan has been making it look so cool the past three years just having those rainbow stripes across his chest so yes this is episode 11 and like usual we are going to allow that orchestra string muses to take us in to the main show so i just lit a vanilla candle so i'm just super excited to talk about cycling while also getting the the very nice soothing aroma of you know vanilla bean just rushing through my senses so it's also fall so this is kind of like prime candle season especially with the vanillas the cinnamon spices the apples the pumpkins so i'm really looking forward to candle season coming up because i love candles i hate that because it's getting cold outside but then my house just gets filled with the fresh, maybe not fresh, but like the the warmth aromas of fall, basically. So if you've never tuned in before, this is not a podcast about candles, even though I'm a basic cyclist. So I will talk about things like candles, coffee, cats, as my cat currently is hiding under a large area rug of ours. Uh, Her name is Merks, named after the you know, famous Eddie Merckx. I'm going to get another little kitten here in a couple weeks. That one's already named. Name is Froomey. So, you know, got to name the cats after after cyclists. So this is a podcast dedicated to all things cycling, whether that is pro cycling news, which today's podcast is focused on that, the new tech that is coming out in the world and sharing what that tech is, all the way to maintenance tips on how to best keep your bike well-maintained so you can go out on your bike and ride the fastest, most efficient, and have it feel the best. And also training tips. You know, I'm on the this new journey of learning all of this training stuff and what's working for me and things that I wish I knew maybe when I first got started in it. So I like to share all of those training tips from, from food to clothing to interval training to indoor training, stuff like that. So this podcast is dedicated to all of those things aimed at just getting you out on your bike more, giving you the confidence, giving you the knowledge, filling you with all the things that are going on in the bike world so you got something to talk about when you're out on the bike ride with your buddies so today we are talking about the uci world championships which are going on right now in innsbruck austria the two big races are the men's and women's road race which is coming up on saturday and sunday of this week you can watch them on nbc sports Uh, nbc sports gold also will be showing everything i know that that is where i am catching all of this stuff along with the recaps on who's ever showing those recaps so if you got nbc sports gold you can watch it there if you're in the u.s i am in minnesota so anybody in the u.s can watch it there i do know that 
So what have we had so far? So far, we've had the men's team time trial, the women's team time trial, and the women's time trial. That is all of the stuff that is not junior or under 23. So this is at the elite pro level. And the men's team time trial was won by no other than the most dominant team this year, Quick Step Floors. And the women's team time trial was won by Canyon Shram, which if you had a chance to look at Canyon Shram's kit for that day, it was absolutely incredible. Like such a good job to those ladies and whoever their designer is or whoever thought of this idea because it was absolutely incredible. They got a little bit of pushback from it. I think it's absolutely amazing. So Canyon Shram jerseys, one, is is probably my favorites definitely favorite on the women's tour of their pro kit i'm a sucker for team sky though i really do like team sky's kits but they're they're right up there with team sky's kits just in kits in general you know got it's made by rafa one i love rafa but it has a lot of great colors that aren't too bold aren't too bright but still a lot of color in it and a lot of a lot of team jerseys are very boring and you get so much of the advertiser stuck in your face this you don't it's a very nice settle kit uh, with hints of blue, red, yellow, pink in there. And so some of those predominant colors like that blue, red, yellow, and pink, what they did was actually give each rider a different color disc wheel on the back with matching overshoes. So if you look at it, I mean, it's just it's beautiful. So the front wheel is a Zip 808 and then a Zip disc wheel on back so the picture i'm looking at right now the front rider has basically a blue kind of a light blue disc wheel in back with blue overshoes the second rider in line has like a red pinkish color with that back disc red pink and matching overshoes then the next one has kind of a yellow kind of on the darker side yellow back disc wheel with also the matching overshoes and so on so please go check out canyon shram women's team winning gold in the team time trial because it is absolutely beautiful and i think it'd be really cool if teams kind of got on this track a little bit more and brought some more flair to cycling such as as they're doing here you know i'm also a fan of major league baseball and football and i love it when teams do something different with the jersey and they, they switch it up a little bit and the MLB they did uh nickname jerseys and they put the players nicknames on the back and a whole new jersey redesigned for that day I thought that was really cool just brought some added flair to the game a little bit of extra element you kind of got to know the players a little bit better because you you uh you got to know their nickname the NFL does it with color rush jerseys I'm a big fan of that change it up for one night same with Candace Ram women's team here Really doing a good job and bringing some color and excitement to, you know, uh, an event that not a ton of people are excited about. And the team time trial from the trade team aspect is going away after this year. This is the last year of it. So the rest of the world championships is decided by what country you ride for, except for the team time trial. The team time trial is done by the trade team. So you have Quick Step winning the men's, Canyon Shram women's team winning 
for the women's and next year it is going to be decided by you the country that you ride for just like everything else in the world championships which to me does make sense it is kind of odd that this is still the trade team competing in the world championships so next year it is going to be decided by a combined score of the men's team and the women's team which i think is cool you're you're incorporating men and women together you know uh, on the tennis they have the mixed doubles where the men where a man and a woman compete against another man and a woman. So I think that aspect is cool. I don't love the idea that you're still having two separate women's or one separate women's team and one separate man's team and then their scores are combined together because to a certain aspect the women could let the men down or the men could let the women down. And so you know, I don't love that side of it that you have to rely on this whole other team. Even though you are from the same country, you have to rely on this whole other team. I'd love to see where it's like three men, three women, two men, two women on the same team where you still could get let down by your male counterpart or your female counterpart, but you're still all working together in that same event, same course, same conditions where I don't, don't like it as much when the women, the women's team is competing on a completely different conditions, possibly if it's raining that day, if the winds are changing direction, you know, not sure if the course is going to be the exact same length or if it's going to be different Length's just not 100% sure what that is going to be yet, but we'll see how it plays out next year. You know, it's the first year of it, so I'm sure they'll work out some kinks for the uh, 2020 team time trial. So something else that I found very interesting about the uh, men's and women's team time trial going into the men's and women's individual time trial. So there has been a ton of discussion this year about course lengths for women and how they aren't getting equal course lengths and they should be getting equal course lengths but a lot of that is dictated by UCI rules that women's course lengths can only be so far and the reason behind that definitely is much more elegant language by the UCI but it kind of comes down to maybe they just don't think women can compete at that level they can't go as far as the men they don't have the endurance capacity to go as far as the men which I'm not trying to make an argument either way I just find it very interesting that the women's team time trial and men's team time trial is done on the same day but yet the women's individual team time trial is the next day so they only get one day to rest and the men get two days to rest so Kind of an interesting little tidbit there that the UCI basically won't let women bike as far as the men because they don't have the, for lack of better words, the endurance to make it that far, according to them. And then they schedule the women's individual time trial the day after they do the team time trial. So kind of interesting that they don't get as much rest as the men even though in the UCI's rules, they technically don't have the same endurance as men. So I, I did find that very, very interesting and kind of a contradiction of the UCI rules. So uh, it also does show that the women don't get treated in the same light as the men, which I think has become very apparent this year. And a lot of riders have been speaking out. And I think it's good because it is progressing the women's sport. And at the end of the day, I think we just need to get more TV coverage for women, and that will solve 
so many problems. I mean, I see that on the men's side too. If we could just get more TV coverage, I think that could solve a lot of the other underlying problems that are happening. But definitely course length is a huge one as well as women are limited to not doing as many three-week grand tours, not doing as far of lengths, not doing as hard of climbs, you could say. And that's taking away from, I think, the entertainment factor of of cycling and especially for the women. You know, they want to compete at the exact same level that the men are competing at. And the fans want to see it too. I mean, I want to see a woman compete on the exact same climb as the men. You know, we'll, we'll get into it a little bit in the road race that's coming up for the world championships where it's basically called the hell climb that the men have to go up at the end of the race and the women don't get to do that climb and to me that takes away from the fun of you know I want to watch them suffer I mean that's why we we do like to watch pro cycling because we like to see them go up climbs that would be almost impossible for me but yet they can do it and they're suffering through it I want to see the women suffer through it too, just as I want to watch the men suffer through it. I mean, there's that entertainment factor of watching them suffer. And so, uh, yeah, I'm disappointed I don't get to see the women do it uh, this year on Saturday, but I get to see the men do it. So I'd love to, you know, see more of that stuff. So there's definitely an entertainment factor to a lot of that. I'm going off kind of on a, a different tangent, and I would like to spend a full podcast kind of breaking down some of those differences between women's cycling and men's cycling in how they're treated from the UCI, how they're treated from TV standpoint, reporting standpoint, and maybe some of the things that are limiting the entertainment factor going into the women's side because we're just not able to we're not as able to get as close to them as we are with the men, and I think that's a problem because you know women's racing is super exciting as well. I mean, at the end of the day, when you're watching people on TV, you can't necessarily tell how fast they're going. So the whole speed thing is negated. The whole distance thing, I think, is a bad argument. Women should be able to go just as far as men. And it's exciting to see people go that length and go up those types of climbs. So I would like to dive into that a little bit more. And I want to see women compete on a three-week grand tour. You know, it is fun to see people suffer for three weeks. And I want to watch women suffer for three weeks the same way I watch men suffer for three weeks. And the tactics are all different as opposed to a week-long race or a two-day race or a single-day race. The tactics for a three-week race are much different. And I want to see women go through that as well. So, again, that is a tangent for another day. But, yes, so to wrap up the team time trial going away for 2018 for the trade team next year it'll be national teams men and women are competing together in a way where you'll have men's team and a women's team and their team their total time will be combined and then moving over to the individual time trials so by the time i am recording this the women's individual time trial has already been completed. I'll give you a little bit of a kind of look going into it. Who were the favorites? So it was basically an all-Dutch favorite because the Dutch dominated it last year and the Dutch dominated it this year. So the defending champion was Annemiek van Vluten and then you had three other Dutch riders who were all favorites basically to win this race and it was Prior to the race happening, it was these four that were going to be the strongest, were going to be the favorites. So you have defending champ Annemiek van Vluten, you have Anna van der Breggen, 
Ellen Van Dyke, and Lucinda Brand. And who won it? No other than the defending champion, Annemiek Van Vluten. So she will get to wear the rainbow stripes again in the team t- or in the individual time trial for the rest of 2018 and into 2019. And I thought it was uh, really cool. I was reading an article about Annemiek Van Vluten, and she was really excited about this individual time trial. And she thought it was such a cool honor that she got to wear this rainbow kit only every once in a while you know she only gets to wear it when they are out on a time trial and unlike the roadside basically she only gets to wear it once a race if it's a three-week race you get to wear it twice a race but you don't get to wear it that often and she really found and gained a ton of pride in being able to just wear that at select times you know people weren't going to get sick of looking at it all that stuff and so she really found pride and kind of found the needle in the haystack if you want to put it that way that she only got to wear it a couple times, and it was so much more special when she got to pull that on for those time trial specifics. So she was really putting a lot into this race. She really wanted to win it again. She was definitely the favorite going into it, and she came out victorious. So congrats to Annemiek Van Vluten. So looking over to the men's side, it's kind of a two-horse race, and I I don't want to spend too much time on the time trials because I really want to delve into the road race. Current champ right now, is Dutch Tom DeMoulin, and you have the Australian Rohan Dennis. Those two are the favorites. Tom DeMoulin has worn the rainbow stripes in time trials all year and has looked really good throughout the Grand Tours that he's competed in in the time trials specific over in the Giro and in the Tour. This year he has looked good. He's looked strong, so he is definitely the favorite to repeat. And also Rohan Dennis has looked good, most notably, in the Volta, where he won both the 8-kilometer time trial, that was stage 1 of the Volta, and then right around like stage 19, somewhere in there, he won the second time trial, which was a 32-kilometer time trial, and won it by like 50 seconds. Now, in that Volta, there wasn't anybody super strong in the time trial category, and Rohan Dennis is definitely, I would say a time trial specialist like Tony Martin would be a time trial specialist, but uh, he is also the Australian national champ. So I think those two are the two favorites for the individual time trial. I would have to give my upper hand to Tom DeMoulin, but I think Rohan Dennis does have a big shot at winning that. Who else do we have competing in it? Well, Tony Martin, I think he's an outside chance to win the rainbow stripes. He is a strong time trialist. He hasn't been as great in the last couple of years, but he is definitely getting on the older side, but I would not, <coughs> I would not rule him out. Next, you have Michal Kwiatkowski, the Polish rider who rides for Team Sky. He is also the Polish national champion in the time trial discipline along with the roadside. He's a strong time trialist. He is, he's kind of proved it all year. He's always been in the mix for time trials, and I would give him a shot to make the podium possibly maybe pull out a win i don't think he's as strong as uh, rohan dennis or tom demoulin but you just never know on the day what is going to happen from the american side you do have tj van garden he has been a strong time trialist he currently rides for team bmc and they always put together a strong team time trial and so you know that he is going to be Decent on the on the time trial bike. He, he hasn't necessarily shown it at the world tool level on the individual standpoint, but he's usually in that top 10 
if he's going for the overall GC, such as the two or something like that, he's in the top 10, top 20. So from an American standpoint, he would probably be the best bet to at least make a shot at getting on the podium or wearing the rainbow stripes. But guessing that's not going to happen for him. You also have Jonathan Castro Viejo, Spanish rider who possibly has a shot at it again. Don't think so. Victor Campenarts of Belgium also has a shot, I would say, kind of an outside shot. But my best bet is Tom DeMoulin to repeat in rainbow stripes. Again, this year, his uh, second best challenger would be Rohan Dennis. And, yeah, that wraps up the uh, the men's time trial. That is going on tomorrow, Wednesday the 27th. So now for the road race. The road race is going to be exciting, folks. It is going to be exciting. We get to do some laps. It's going to be a circuit race after, what, 80 kilometers in there. So right at about 90 kilometers is when that circuit race is starting. The men's race will do six laps. The women's race will end after lap three. And we have a ton of climbing. So the last three years of the World Championships has been dominated by... The greatest showman in cycling, Peter Sagan. And it's been great. Peter Sagan has donned those rainbow stripes beautifully for the past three years. He looks amazing in them. But the end of a dynasty is here. Unfortunately to say, I do not believe Peter Sagan will be wearing rainbow stripes at the end of Sunday's race. Because it is a climber's course. So... Let's go over the course real quick. So the course can get up to 25% grades in the men's race. That is on that hell climb, which comes at the end of it. The women's race will not have that. Over 5,000 meters of climbing, and the men's race will be 258 kilometers. The women's will be just under 160 kilometers. So for the men's race, that is like six and a half hours of biking. That is a lot, a lot (laughs) of kilometers to pack into one race but a lot of these one day races you know the classics in the spring are in this 200 250 range of kilometers so it's not going to be anything new for these pro riders but the men's race will start in the town of which i'm going to butcher these names because what is a cycling with watts podcast without the butchering of some names so in this town of kufstein and, uh, yeah, it's going to be begin with seven circuits of t- 24 kilometers, which is the Olympic circuit. And then it will head out towards Hungerberg. Sounds like a good place to live. Hungerberg, well, unless you're hungry all the time. I wouldn't want to live in Hungerberg if you're hungry. I feel like I'm hungry all the time, though. And being a cyclist, you're like, I mm, want to stay skinny, but I'm hungry all the time, so I'll just shove my face with cake at cafe stops and then get back on the bike to burn it all of course that's is the cycling mentality so towards hungerberg where they will hit a climb featuring those 25 percent grades and that is on what they're kind of calling the hell climb i wish we could watch the women doing it and then it ends back in the center of innsbruck so again very exciting course with a ton of climbing a ton of climbing and they're going to do six laps or seven laps of this of this course that's going to have yeah a full course over 5,000 
meters of climbing. That is a ton of climbing in one day. That is an absolute ton of climbing. And the women's race is going to be a total of 156.2 kilometers. So who are our favorites in the women's race? Well, I'd say the Dutch probably have a good chance of being pretty good this year as they have a stacked team and uh, a lot of dominant riders on there. You have Anna van der Breggen, who this year has road wins at Strada Bianchi, Tour Flanders, Flesh Wallone, Liege, Bastogne, Liege, and that's name a couple. So she's done pretty well in one-day races, and this is a one-day race. That is something to factor in, both the women's side and the men's side. This is a one-day race. This is not a, a week-long or a three-week-long stage race. This is a one-day race. And so tactics are different. You go all out for that one-day race as opposed to three-week race where you have to conserve a lot of that a lot of that energy. You know, when we look at guys like Chris Froome, uh, Team Sky in general, they dominate those stage race efforts, and they are really good at, at, at managing their efforts over a three-week-long period. And that is very different when you put it into a one-day race. You can expend all of your energy in a one-day race. So someone who dominates a one-day race and can dominate all of them may not do as well in a three-week grand tour and vice versa. So the best rider in the world, in a way, is whoever wins the Tour de France or who's won the Tour de France in the past couple years, being Chris Froome, who has won four Tour de France's. And, uh, well, he didn't this year, of course, but he did win three grand tours back-to-back. So you could say he's the best rider in the world, but he will not win the world's race and he will not win it this year because he is not even there hasn't won in the past three years because it has been a flat course dominated by the sprinters so it also depends on what type of course it is and this is a hilly course and so that is why peter sagan unless if, if peter sagan wins this he's got to be the greatest rider of all time one nobody has won it four times in a row but uh, also to win it three times in a row on what are sprinters uh, technically classified as like sprinter courses or sprinter favorite courses. If he wins on this hilly course, he's the best rider of all time. He's one of the most entertaining riders of all time, for sure. He's the goat in that category. But if he wins this, he is definitely the best rider of all time. So let's get back to the women's road race, though. Anna Vanderbregen, she's dominated those one-day races. So super, super good at the one-day races, especially this year. And on her team, she has the likes of the heavy hitters of Van Dyke, Van Vluten, Braun, Amy Peters, Sabrina Stoyens, Yannick Ising, and the defending champion, Chantel Black. So, the uh, women's Dutch team is dominating and has a stacked team. So, I definitely have to say, probably the women's roadways, it, it's got to come out of, out of the Dutch team and they can just dominate in the... Uh, time trial and uh, the road race so i think they one of the winners is going to come out of that team whether it be defending champion Chantel black ellen van dyke annemiek van vluten anna van der Breggen. you know it just uh depends on maybe who's feeling best that day i think uh van der Breggen is going to be the favorite going into it but it all depends on that day they got a lot of talent to choose from so i think it's going to come out of there some of the competitors to challenge that top spot will be amanda spratt or Eliza Longo-Borghini. So I think uh, the women's road race is going to come down to whoever the Dutch want to put at the front of that. It could be a clean podium of all Dutch riders. That is definitely not 
something that is uh what's the word i'm looking for not out of the picture for that to happen that is a very real possibility that you'll see an all dutch podium on the woman's side so moving over to the men's side like i said it'll be the end of a dynasty and peter sagan is not going to win this race market you heard it here peter sagan is not going to win this race and that is not anything new i think everybody who is reporting on this is previewing this knows anything about cycling peter sagan will not win this race unless he is an absolute basically god in cycling he he will be the greatest of all time if he wins this so yes it is the end of a dynasty so what i want to do for my my favorites here, I'll give you my pick at the very end on who I think is going to win it. I'm going to give you about six guys who I think have the best shot at winning it, why they have the best shot at winning it, and then another six or so who could be challenging for podium spots or could be challenging for that top step, but kind of those uh, last seven. And I'm just going to put them in random orders, and then I will give you my picks at the end. So let's start with a very popular Italian rider who goes by the name Shark, who goes by the name, aka Vincenzo Nibali. Now, Nibali has won all three Grand Tours. He is a very storied rider. He is well respected in the Peloton, has been, you know, a great rider throughout the years. He's proven himself at the highest of levels, and he's also proven himself in the one day races especially this year so he's done it in the three weeks he's done it in the individual and he's got a great shot this year to take it he is from italy and he also has on his team gianni mascon who i will get to as well as he is in my favorites to win the race as well so vincenzo, vincenzo nibli crashed at the tour de france he crashed on the Alpe d'Huez stage he caught a camera strap and broke a vertebrae so vincenzo nibli broke his vertebrae after the crash el duez in the tour of france and that definitely impacted the rest of his season as he was definitely looking forward to worlds and taking the top step at uh, at worlds this year because the course suits him so he suffered that injury recovered came back and did the volta basically said i am not going for gc in the volta i am doing this as training for the world championships which i think a lot of guys in the peloton were kind of using that for some training leading up into the world championship you know you're never sure how many people are doing it a lot won't say but vincenzo nibali did say that he was using that as training for the world championships and he did win milan san remo this year which is a one-day race and again it is very important to be able to to perform at a high level at those one-day races because this is a one-day race it's not a three-week grand tour now nibali has done it on whatever day race it is he's dominated at the highest of levels but he did say in a recent interview that he will be giving up the leadership role to gianni moscon which is big he he said he is not on form like gianni moscon is he, he he gives that right and leadership role to gianni moscon and they're He's their favorite to win. So unless something happens to Moscon during the race, he could have a mechanical, he could puncture, he could just not be feeling it when it comes to race day. But right now he is the leader. So I still think you can never count out 
Vincenzo Nibli. You just you cannot count him out. He is always a threat. He has proven it throughout the years. He's been a strong rider. You have to respect him when he is on a bike and at a race. But Gianni Moscon is that race favorite for the Italian team. And Gianni Moscon races for Team Sky. I think he does have a good shot. He's been a domestique there for a while. But he has run into some controversy when he punched a guy a little while back. And so he is definitely not going to be the favorite if he does end up winning the race. I don't think he's going to get as great of a fan reaction as somebody like Vincenzo Nibali winning, Adam Yates, Alejandro Valverde, you name it. I don't think he's going to get as great of a reception from the crowd if he wins. But Johnny Moscow is definitely, he's, he's got to be the favorite from the Italian team if a guy like Vincenzo Nibali is, is saying he is our guy to win the race. He is the leader. He's got the right on our team to win. So two guys from the Italian team who have the best shots at winning it uh, from that side. So let's move over next to one of my favorite riders for animating races is Dan Martin. He is an Irish rider. He's a guy who could be in the mix, but I don't think is going to win. He recently left the Vuelta early because he just had twins. And it's awesome to see you know, a father figure who is taking time away from the sport in order to raise a family and do things that are bigger than cycling. And cool that his team let him do that. And so congrats to Dan Martin on having those kids, but he is coming back. He left the Walt, I think, after stage seven, roughly, to uh, go home to the birth of his twins. And so he's coming back from that. Not saying that he's out of form by any means, but I just don't think he's going to be as dedicated to it. He would probably be an outside shot anyways if he was at at full strength, in a way you could say, or had been riding the whole of Walta and then coming up to the world championship. So Dan Martin, I definitely think he can animate the race. He could be an outside shot, dark horse at winning it, but don't think he's going to be on the top step. So let's also go to uh, Simon Yates. He's a British rider. He just won the vault. I think his brother Adam Yates has a great shot to win this, but Simon Yates, I think he can be in the mix. He's definitely proven that he can win at the highest levels. He just won the Vuelta. He had a great Giro up until the third week where he lost the race to Chris Froome, Tom Dumoulin. Chris Froome won the Giro, but uh, Tom Dumoulin and Chris Froome took a ton of time on him in that uh, in that third week of the race. And after winning the Vuelta, I just don't think he's going to have the legs to put it through for the one-day race, especially with how much climbing there is in this course I don't think he's going to have that shot but you never know he he has proven it he's a very strong rider and uh he could he could and he's got his brother Adam Yates as a domestique if he is going to be the leader of that team I don't think he is I think Adam Yates has the best shot from the British team to win it so another guy who's got an outside shot is Michał Kwiatkowski Polish rider I think this course does suit him in a way He's not a pure climber. He is not a pure sprinter. He falls somewhere in the middle of that. He has proven that he can do it at the highest of levels, being a great domestique for Chris Froome or for Gary and Thomas on Team Sky. I think he's got a shot at this, but I don't think he is going to be the overall champion, especially not having as strong of a team. Being on, being a Polish rider, he's not going to have, let's say, as strong of a team as the French, who have Julian Alaphilippe who have Roman Pardet, and have Thibaut Pino. 
So don't think he's going to have a team around him. But he's definitely somebody who could he who could surprise you. He has been a world champion in the past. He has worn those rainbow stripes. He knows what it takes. But I don't think he's going to pull it out for 2018 and wear the two, uh, wear the rainbow stripes in 2019. So let's get to one of my favorites. Well, we've gone over Vincenzo Nibali, Gianni Moscow, and touched on Adam Yates. But let's go into Adam Yates. So Adam Yates kind of used the Volta as training. I would say he was definitely ramping up. Uh, throughout the Volta, as the first two weeks he basically spent at the back of the Peloton, so that for that third week, he could be as strong as possible for his brother in those climbing stages at the end of the Volta. And so he used those first two weeks uh, in his, basically as a training plan, so he, he ramped up for that third week so that he could help out his brother Simon, so I think he's going to be on great form coming into these worlds. He's a pure climber. This is a climbing course. I think he has all all the right talents in order to pull off a win at at this world. And that would be a huge year for the Yates, for Mitchelton Scott, win their win a grand tour in twenty eighteen, come very close to winning a grand tour at the Giro, won the Vuelta, and then also to wear the rainbow stripes next year. Also they have the European time trial champion on their squad as well. So I think that'd be a great Great season to wrap up 2018 for Mitchelton Scott if a guy like Adam Yates was able to pull off the win. I think he is someone who has a very good shot of getting on the podium. He is not my favorite to get, to wear uh, to wear the rainbow stripes and be up on that top step, but I think he has a very, very good shot at being on the podium for this year's Worlds. So another guy who I think has a great shot at being up on the podium, but not necessarily on the top step wearing the rainbow stripes. Next year, I think that is Alejandro Valverde, the Spanish rider who rides for Movistar. He is 38 years old, which basically age has not been a factor for him this year as he picked up a couple stage wins in the Vuelta and has looked great throughout the season. Alejandro Valverde has come very close over the years being on a lot of podiums in the worlds, but he's never been able to pull it off and claim those rainbow stripes. But Alejandro Valverde, you know, kind of doesn't matter what course it's on. He can do well, but he definitely favors climbs over a sprinter stage and I think this course really suits him. He's able to to put in the climbing, but also put up the sprint power at the end if it does come down to that. I don't think it will with that really steep climb at the end of it, but you never know how the race is going to unfold. You can always predict, but depending on what the weather is like, what the peloton is feeling that day, what type of mechanicals happen, you just never know what's going to happen at the end. And Alejandro Valverde, I think if it does come down to, you know, 10 five to ten guys at the end of it he probably has the best shot to to pull out the win if they're all really close but otherwise I, I don't think he'll be at the top step but I think he has a great shot at being on the podium so another guy who I think uh, could be in the mix is Tom DeMoulin I think he's focusing more on the individual time trial but also he's a climber he he, he took second in the Giro took second at the Tour de France and so he's got a great shot he, he is a climber he's a proven climber I think he he could be up on that podium. I wouldn't put him above guys like Gianni Moscown, Adam Yates, Alejandro Valverde, of the guys I've talked about so far to be on the podium, but he definitely has an outside shot at being on the podium. He might even have an outside shot at winning this. You know, it just depends on how that race is going to unfold, and that would be crazy to see him win the time trial and 
the men's road race. That'd be super cool to see. But don't think he's gonna gonna be on that top step. And another guy I really like. A lot of people haven't been talking about him for this race because he is not what you would call a pure climber. He's uh, definitely a punchier rider. Good over you know rolling hill courses or courses that are, are called hilly. This would be a little bit more than hilly, I think, in, in my opinion. But Greg Van Avermaet, he held leader jersey for, what, nine stages through the Paris-Roubaix stage at the Tour this year. I think he has a great shot of being on the podium at this race. You know, this course doesn't perfectly suit him, but it doesn't perfectly not suit him. You know, it's not like Peter Sagan where he he basically, Peter is a sprinter, and I just don't see how he has a shot at this race. But Greg Van Avermaet is not a pure climber, but he's a punchy rider, and he does well in those hilly courses. So I think Greg Van Avermaet... If he can keep up with those climbers, he has a great shot at the end to win it. So that he he would be my outside dark horse of winning this race, Greg Van Avermaet. You heard it here first. So let's keep moving on now to a couple of my favorites, guys who I think are almost locks to win this race. It just depends on who is the leader of that team, and I don't know yet. We haven't necessarily heard who is the leader of that team. I think think it's got to be the pure climber of the two but I don't know and they have three really strong riders I am talking about the French team who has Thibaut Pino, Julian Alaphilippe and Roman Bardet let's start with Julian Alaphilippe he wore the yellow jersey this year he won a couple stages in the tour he animated the race and people were saying that he is the Peter Sagan of the mountains he broke away on a couple stages he he was really exciting to watch this year he ended up with the polka dot jersey at the end of the race and basically every podcast every race preview show has put him at the top so it wouldn't be going out on the limb saying julian alaphilippe will win the worlds this year so he's definitely a favorite on everybody's radar but they also have roman bardet who has shown to be really good in these one day races this year you know he has won or, sorry, took second at Strada Bianchi, took third at Liège, Bastogne Liège, and then also took second at the Criterium do Dauphiné. He's been on the podium in the Tour de France in the past. He has proven to be a strong climber in these three-week Grand Tours, and he is definitely probably the French's most prominent guy to win the Tour de France in the coming years. You also have Thibaut Pino. Julian Alaphilippe, we still haven't seen if he is necessarily a GC contender in the three-week races. He can definitely animate throughout a three-week race, but not necessarily put it all together to win that three-week race. So I think Roman Bardet or Julian Alaphilippe probably have the bookies' favorite as being the best overall. But we'll see who the who the leader is. Depends on what happens throughout the day. Does someone get a mechanical? Does someone not have the legs? We will see. So Julian Alaphilippe... Roman Bardet are probably my two favorites. I want to give my favorite to Adam Yates. I'd love to see him win it. I just don't think he's going to be on that top step. And then Greg Van Avermaet, he is my dark horse. I think he, out of the the list of like six, seven guys who I think maybe have a shot at the podium, I think he's got the best shot to to be on the top step there. Otherwise, my two top picks, Julian Alaphilippe, Roman Bardet. just depends on who's going to be the leader of that French team. And, uh, yeah, and I thought it would be interesting to look at the odds of winning this race. So this is from Nicer Odds. 
Bet.com. I believe it is a British or uh, a betting site in the UK. And the highest odds to win are super surprised Julian Alaphilippe. But second in there, you've got Alejandro Valverde. Third, you have Simon Yates, which to me that is odd. A guy just coming out of winning a three-week Grand Tour to then, what, two weeks later win the Worlds. I just don't see it for Simon Yates. He definitely has shown he's got the ability for it, but I think in his current situation, I don't think he's going to win it. So, yes, they have him third on the odds. And you have Primoz Roglic at number four. You have Adam Yates at number five. I think that is totally plausible. Neck and neck at six and seven. You have Vincenzo Nibali and Gianni Moscon. You have Thibaut Pino in there at eight, nine, Mihail Kwiatkowski, ten. While Poles above Roman Bardet, you also have Peter Sagan at 12, which I think is... Hilarious, but you really, I, I think you do have to pay attention to what the odds are and what the bookies are saying about who's going to win this race. I think that uh, does hold a little bit of stake. And so, also rounding out the, the 20, I'll just go through them quick. You have Rigoberto Uran, Tom DeMoulin, Dan Martin, Jakob Fuglesong, Michael Woods, Bob Youngles, and Enrique Mas Nicolai, Miguel Angel Lopez, and Nairo Quintana. We'll just keep going down the list because I love these names. Balcom Oliver, Greg Van Avermaet, Mateo Mohoric, Tim Wellens, Sergio Hano, and Tony Gallopin. So coming back to the top, though, it is Julian Alaphilippe with Alejandro Valverde. Second there as the top one and two in the odds. Third is Simon Yates. <clears throat> so again, my favorites, Julian Alaphilippe, Roman Bardet. The odds say Julian Alaphilippe at number one, but you have Roman Bardet all the way at about 10 and so going against the odds a little bit there. Also, Alejandro Valverde, I think, will be on the podium. Maybe not the top step. Dark horse to win is Greg Van Avermaet. So it will be an exciting race. I can't wait to watch both Saturday and Sunday as the women compete, the men compete. Should be a thrilling, thrilling course to watch. And the men get to go up that hell climb at the end with grades up to 25%. So if you are able to watch it get up nice and early, I think at like 2.30 in the morning for the men's race. But you could probably just watch halfway through at about the uh, three-hour mark because it should be, you know, six-and-a-half, seven-hour race, somewhere uh, along there depending on how they handle all of those climbs, how if there's any breakaways, Peloton stays together. We'll see how it all plays out. But, yes, that is happening Saturday and Sunday of this week and that concludes the cycling with podcast <laughs> cycling with watts podcast Jeez, i can't even say my own name correctly but yes this is episode 11 so still new on this whole podcasting journey and i thank you so much for taking the time to listen to me you know talk your ear off you know whether you're listening to me in the car on the smart home as you're doing chores around the house whether you got headphones in I, I thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast and at the end of the day i hope i can inspire you to bike more bike faster bike harder go do that race for the first time go do that race for the 10th time whatever it is i hope i can inspire you to just get out on your bike more so again thank you for watching if you or for listening for watching We'll do some live stuff, I think, down the road. I, I definitely want to get into that. But this time, thank you for listening. 
And if you want to get more Cycling with Wants, you can find me on Instagram at Cycling with Wants. You can find me on Twitter, Cycling with Wants. That is spelled Cycling W T H Watts, W A T T S, on Twitter, because if I put the I in with, it would have been too long. Find me on the blog at cyclingwithwatts.com. I will have an email coming out shortly so I can get questions from all of you beautiful people out there and just stay in contact with you more. So I will have an email address coming out soon. So stay tuned for that. Otherwise, get out on your bike. Enjoy this amazing fall weather. Enjoy those vanilla scents in your home like me with that candle going right now. Enjoy those pumpkin spice lattes. Enjoy those pumpkin spice cliff bars or whatever they are. Put as much pumpkin spice in your life as you can. And, you know, maybe some pumpkin pumpkin spice popcorn for the world championships on both Saturday and Sunday. But that is it. Have a great rest of your day. Thank you so much for listening. And that's it. We're going to play that sting music to close this out. (laughs) 